Hello, my name is Zomaya Jones, and this is the Good Weather Podcast. Today we're talking with artist Dylan Spaisky, whose show Wicker in Diapers opened on February 25th. The interview was recorded during the opening when Dylan, Haynes, and myself snuck away to a bedroom to talk about Dylan's work, how he and Haynes met, and what he has planned for the future. I will say at one point the audio cuts out, but not for very long, and so that's the pause you'll hear in about the middle of the interview. So check it out, and you'll hear from me on the other side. Riley, the 
curator of the Good Weather Gallery here in North Little Rock, and we're with uh, artist Dylan Spaskey. Haynes, first I want to ask you, how long has Good Weather been happening? Since 2011, but our first exhibition was October 2012. Okay. So, and you guys met in Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so this is the 34th solo exhibition. We exclusively had solo exhibitions at the space, and it's just for different reasons, but it's kind of set up like that. But this is the 34th one of those, and Dylan is from the Detroit area and we actually met about a year and a half ago in Detroit at a bar called Bumbo's so he's he's got a, a ongoing practice went to CCS in Detroit which is a, a art school and so he's been practicing there also I mean he can tell more about where he's been outside of Detroit and practice as an artist but yeah we met there and actually through an artist that we've shown here at the space, Tony Hope. So okay. I was out with him and met Dylan that night uh, about a year and a half ago. So what were you, are you from Detroit originally? I'm from outside of Detroit. Okay. And, 40 minutes out. All right. So can you talk a little bit about your background? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm from outside of Detroit I, at one point decided to go to the art school in Detroit um, which is like a very like it it originated as an arts and crafts school and it's now like a craft design focused school so and I was in the fine arts department with like in the middle of all that and I think I partially responded to and rebelled against that in, a, in some ways with my practice. How did you rebel? Uh, I, I just favored towards like un, unfinished, unpremeditated things within my practice. It's like, like the duck is like a, a type of foam that you can't really, like you see the marks that I carved it with, like the scissor marks and things like that. You can't really like finish it off and make it smooth and sanded. And and also like like I don't like I don't sketch things out and plan them. I don't design them. Mm-hmm. What well, I mean I do design them but I design them through the creation of mm-hmm. making the work itself. So I don't have like a sketch that I then have to like create. I have an idea that I want to make a portrait of this person in this material, and then as I go on, I figure out how that comes about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking through making kind of process, yeah. which is interesting that CCS is known for its uh, the, the school itself has like a strong like auto design program because they have the like big three motor companies that are car companies and so that school feeds into those programs uh, so when you have a fine arts degree or or sort of focus mm-hmm. in that school it's uh, it makes sense what Dylan's saying is like responding to the kind of hyper finish and hyper sort of pro- process uh, of it, like the, the the mediation that occurs is is this uh, this space of preparing and designing something for 
than creation rather than the act of creation as a way of finding the form or finding the work through that. And so the, the craft aspects of it's really interesting too. I didn't think about that, but like having a kind of a craft of carving or craft of, of weaving wicker in the specific works that are shown at Goodweather uh, has a relationship with this idea of craft, but someone might think those uh, kinds of crafts are lesser than the kind of craft of engineering or designing. Anyways, that was just kind of a, yeah. a reflection on <laughs> listening to you and thinking about the kind of little knowledge I have about that program or that school. So the, the the pieces that you did for this show are the there's the duck that you mentioned, which is the, carved out of foam and it's got like a wicker hat. Mm-hmm. But most of the pieces are uh, you sculpted them or or you weave them with this wicker material. Where did that idea come from? Uh, I've been working with, I I mean I've been cutting apart things and turning them into other things and just trying to take material that I find at thrift stores or estate sales or dollar stores and seeing what I can do with them to try and transform them into material. And for a while I've been cutting up other found wicker and turning them into different forms or different objects. And from that I, like, I, st- I started to want to make portraits of, of people that I knew, um, which is a thing that people do in art. <laughs> um, There's a history yeah. of that, for sure. Yeah, but it's like, I, I just thought, like, wicker material just is a really bizarre material to work with to try and do that. It's a very unflattering, yeah. but also kind of nice material and it's really fun too i think there's there's a lot of interesting things that are happening with them and i was telling somebody one of the pieces has this um was eve Uh, ezra ezra uh there's one she described as having like spider hair that to me it reminded me of something like from like a miyazaki film or something i thought was really fun is that japanese director yeah yeah um no they're animated definitely yeah like that and and i think that's what the work, like, it's got a, a common material and it's wicker, uh, like, construction. But then the identifying aspects of the pieces are different, yeah. um, different materials. And, and so those sort of individualize the, the pieces as, as portraits. And they're really portraits of friends of, of Dylan's. And I think that's what, like, getting to know Dylan through a community in Detroit that I didn't have a relationship with until about a year and a half ago was uh, for me uh, one of the reasons like I went to get to know him because he engenders a, a kind of space for other people to be involved in his world as an artist in Detroit and then internationally as well and so for me that like that, that says something about the person that is the artist and and I guess when I'm inviting people to come to Good Weather, I'd like for that part to be equally as enriching and uh, and interesting to be around, as much as the work that they make is as well. So I think that 
is reflected in the kind of space that he brought this body of work, which is a, a shelf full of friends that he yeah. sort of brought down to good weather. And then the duck was a really appropriate uh, piece too to sit out there, uh, sort of next to a lake, next to his <laughs> friends, yeah. uh, which we haven't gotten to come visit yet. But. Uh, the shelving, did you find that shelving here or did you bring it with you? I can talk about it, I guess. I've been working out of... I, I moved back to Detroit in... 2010 and since then have been working out of a shared studio space that has an artist-run gallery space that's been there for 10 years um, and it's been very affordable rent and I've been working out of the space with no issues all this time. It's sort of a rundown uh, industrial center with hundreds of tenants in it and 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 because it's sort of run down and and it's very cheap to work out of there and the day before I left we were given without notice by the city they they said that the building was unsafe to inhabit and ordered everyone to stop working out of there and right now I don't uh, we have like a week to move all of our things out so I'm um, after I get back from here I have to figure out if I need to move my things out right away or what to do so that's been in the back of my mind for yeah and so you're trying to like plan and execute a yeah. show while this is happening and you're several states and hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of still amazing that you're able to pull off a pretty, show, a pretty nice show. Um, is this related, do you think, to the uh, the warehouse fire, like California or anything? Or uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell why. For, like, you know, over a decade, they didn't pay attention to the space, and now they are. Um and the warehouse fire definitely seems like something that they're citing mm -hmm. and something that, I, I mean, after that happened, I was freaked out and I completely thought about like fire safety and when we have an opening, how do people get out of there? And in my head, I'm like, well, there's a huge door here and the exits are over here and our studios are a little like cluttered in the back but no one goes back there and it like I decided that it seemed safe enough for me like it wasn't risking people's lives at the opening um it's also like Detroit itself has a history that like the resurgence that yeah. has kind of been touted uh, over the past what six seven eight years so definitely that in tandem with a lot of other factors. This space, is it, is it more, of, uh, is the property more valuable for 
for someone else to develop or yeah it, it seems like as much as that's the cited and and possibly likely reason the other like possible reason is someone is interested in the real estate and redeveloping it and this is a good way to get all the tenants out of there quickly mm. so I don't know either way it's it, it's bad for us and it's bad for hundreds of small businesses no. that have been running out of there since before is there, revival. are you aware of any effort in your absence to like <clears throat> either get more time or stop the city or there have been meetings I'm part of a group, so I've been meeting with my group, who's been meeting with other groups. Um, I, it's such a large thing that it's, it's very complicated. The Russell Industrial Center has lawyers that were trying to fight it. The tenants all met with, um, with the city. From what I heard was a pretty unproductive meeting where they just told us the time frame that we had to be out and certain rules to it and and now it's like a gamble of whether we should move out or whether we should try and stay and and hope that like they can clear things out up code wise um, and who knows how long that will take but until then, we don't have access to our space. No. Oh, so you, you don't have access? You, can you go in and get your things, or...? Uh, it, it's, it's iffy. We have, um, well, at this point, like, uh, pretty much a week mm -hmm. to move out, everyone, um, before they put it on lockdown okay. until it goes up to code. They have said that they can't say in writing or in any official capacity that we're allowed to go back in there, but they were going to be lenient and let people move out after the case. Um, and, and that's really nerve-wracking for me because I'm about to leave town again for a week and a half. And, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like get the things out of right. my studio when I get back. Well, it's in, it's mm. it's interesting to think about like asking a question yeah. about the artist's experience or exposure to the space. Uh, like the artists who look at and know what the space is from pictures might not be in that space, like or understand its location or context. Uh, but I think the for me the process of having an artist come like starts like I'm I had a studio visit with Dylan in June last year or sometime and, and invited him to or asked if I could use a few of his works in a group show at Coop in Nashville <clears throat> and I used two of these fan pieces one was an older one and one was like a newer one maybe 2008 2015 it was my first and last Fan. fan piece yeah. which were fit with the color scheme too. totally it fit with mm -hmm. the color scheme like light blue the work was called blue tears but with a pun on the word like t-i-e-r-s because it was a tiered yeah. show of uh, invitation for good weather to be at a gallery 
and then me the invitation for a person at the solo exhibition, and then me asking them to invite uh, myself again to curate a group show within them. And then from there I got to know Dylan's practice and then said, whenever you'd like, I'd love for you to have a solo show at Good Weather. Uh, so it was sort of an open invitation for him to come. And once we could settle on a date, then we were talking about uh, what that work might be. So I trust his practice enough that I'm not like asking for a proposal for what it would be, but rather whatever you're working on, let's try and show new work in that manner. And so there's a constant, uh, there's a constant sort of conversation happening uh, with the artist that leads to the solo exhibition. And it's not always that it's eight months before, but a, a, yeah. a lot of times it's eight months or a year before, so they're having it on their schedule, having it in their mind. And then we sat down together about a month ago when I was in Detroit, and he has an exhibition space that's in his uh, extra bedroom at his house. Okay. And so he had, we had visited, I visited the first exhibition there, and we sat down for coffee and and. and uh, bubbly water. What do you call that machine? Soda stream. The soda stream <laughs> water, and and cappuccinos, and, and talked about the work, and talked about logistics of the of what's happening. And I try to invite or encourage the artists to get there the Tuesday before or the Wednesday yeah. before, so they have three days in the space. And I think that's pretty typical of a solo exhibition that you're mm. just loosely talking, and it becomes more firm what's happening, and and then you get here, and things just take place I mean it's hard work over four days it's stressful and I think this was even more stressful it's compounded stress with all this sort of uh, I guess the Detroit based stress compiled with the like Arkansas solo exhibition stress Um, so I don't know what I'm adding to that I guess I'm adding I'm adding more to like to give some idea of what that process of right. having a show here is like from my perspective it's strangely <clears throat> not like like looking at the space online it's strangely not at all like the spaces and exactly like the spaces <laughs> <laughs> um, because you just see it in pictures usually from this like front perspective that cuts out the fact that it's a garage <laughs> <laughs> But that it is a garage, it, the space exists in a picture that you walk through. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a frame around the entire space that yeah, like you, you initially walk. view it, and then you go in, like, like there's, there's a whole, yeah. like... And the garage is customized, too, because, you know, for some shows, there are two windows in the garage, and for some shows, you'll, like, cover those up, like, with... Not just like put like a sheet or like a curtain up, but like, like drywall. actually drywall over the windows <coughs> uh, if that's what the artist wants for for that particular show. Mm-hmm. And how many times have you painted that garage? Oh, every time. Yeah, it's every time. Like running into any gallery, you paint it every time. Yeah. If not, like, but you fill a couple holes and paint yeah. over those. But uh, not for the next show. I yeah. left those walls. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, there's nothing on the walls yeah. in this show, so there's just going to be, it, yeah, a little bit of breakdown in packing that happens. But, um, yeah, sometimes the shows are a little bit more involved in their installation and deinstallation. But he, I mean, 
with the gallery space itself, I built something that I wanted to be malleable. And I think that's what the white cube model exists because it has, it, it, it has existed for a long time because it is malleable. You can, you can change it and any shift in it is an intention of whatever kind of artist or curator is sort of involved in it. And other spaces don't have that as much. I mean, it's not true like curating in one's bedroom or curating in a bathroom or curating in the desert or the beach or whatever. Like there's spaces that you can start to sort of notice uh, like a baseline kind of uh, characteristic of it and leave that but remove all the other sort of foreign things. So everything that's put in or removed from that space is part of the work. And here, like, you have this space, and what's interesting is the lights, in a weird way, became part of the work. And I don't, because you go to a Hobby Lobby or you go to a thrift store, and they have bright fluorescent bulbs. And I, a friend came earlier, like around three or four, to see the show, and he said, "Are the lights new?" And I think it was just the I think it was just the proximity of of the piece you were talking about earlier, the wicker intern with the black hair mm -hmm. was so close to the light that you, you noticed it and, and it felt like Hobby Lobby lights uh, in the space. And it is, it's just what work does. Like it, 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 it even makes you notice that and, and like recognize like, ooh, when I do walk into those spaces, they are jarring. Like you don't think of Hobby Lobby as a gallery, but it has the same gallery lighting as Good Weather. Well, I think when you put those shelves in there, it like de-elegantizes lights. <laughs> like for a painting show, you have this nice even perimeter of light <laughs> that evenly lights everything. But when you have shelves floating in the middle, it's just like, oh, this is abrasive. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that word. Commercial de lighting. De-elegantizes <laughs> <laughs> the lighting. Um. No, this it's a it's been it's been really all these shows have been really rewarding and and I was saying to someone tonight as like maybe as a kind of a cap for this this version of the podcast but to take the conversations that happen here at Good Weather mm -hmm. and to sort of have them exist outside of it is another step to gaining giving people access to this space um, both locally and nationally and internationally but what is something that's different about Good Weather that's not necessarily uh, other spaces and I, I don't mean I mean this is sure maybe in smaller cities as well but like the access to the artists that you have at this space during openings that like kind of demand on my part for the artist to be here and be part of their opening and then being in a place where nobody knows who they are or knows their history or their background or their CV or where they've shown before really puts their work in a space where you have uh, allow curiosity to exist and to, to, to sort of uh, uh, infiltrate the space so the conversations become challenging and, and uh, the discourse becomes uh, I think a little bit more uh, I don't know uh, robust and rather than at other openings, you know the artist, you know their work, you know the space, you know how prestigious it is, you know, and you just talk about your life, and you don't chat about the work that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. So the openings become a little bit more of a space for inquiry and concern, 
that I think is very pertinent now to mm-hmm. to have those to have artists not necessarily tell you what their work is about or what it means because that's not ever what I'm asking for like work has an authorship that we all share but to have a conversation where there's a collective kind of uh, uh, endeavor to create that meaning with the artist and for the artist to be accountable for what they make or at least to answer the questions that people have I think is really uh, is really special so anyways I think this podcast takes that conversation puts it out there cool so alright well Haynes Dylan thank you for sitting with me thanks for listening you can check out Dylan's work at spacekeyfineart.com and be sure to check out Good Weather's website at goodweathergallery.com follow them on Twitter at goodweather that's good w-e-a-t-h-r and like the Good Weather page on Facebook so you can stay up to date with all of the upcoming events speaking of which uh, the next gallery opening is April 15th uh, with the show titled Citrus on Pico by artist Amy Garofano be sure to stop by and check it out the opening will be from 6 to 9 also, on Sunday the 16th, there'll be an event for the release of the latest issue of The Third Rail. And that's from 5 to 7. I want to thank Haynes Riley for putting together good, the Good Weather Gallery, uh, Zach Riley for hosting, and the entire Riley family for everything that they do. That's Hunter, Aaron, Kelsey, Camden, and special thanks to John and Marilyn. The music is by T. Jackson. Until next time. <laughs>